Oh, hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another edition of the Mr. Warren Hayes Show. I'm Mr. Warren Hayes. It is December 20. We're so close to Christmas. Merry Christmas. We're so very close. It might even be Christmas by the time you're listening to this. You might be, you know, hanging around, you, you know, your fireplace. You have a nice Yule log burning and you're listening to me talk about professional wrestling. I mean, it, it could be part of your Christmas traditions and I'm not aware of it. <laughs> if I am, thank you. And even if I'm not, thank you. Thank you for listening. Regardless, you might be listening to this on YouTube.com slash Mr. Warren Hayes right now. Uh, and if you are, give the video a like. And subscribe to the channel. It's a good idea to do so. Because that way you will never miss an edition of the Mr. Warren Hayes Show ever again. And you won't miss my AEW Dynamite reviews, which I do every Thursday. So those will pop right into your inboxes and uh, you'll be able to... Uh, you'll be able to join in on that good action on top of that. So that's great. That's fantastic. And if you're listening to this on your favorite podcast feed, thank you very much. You're getting all of these goodies already. You already know about this. But a five-star... Uh, uh, a review on Apple Podcasts or a five-star uh, uh, rating <laughs> on Spotify would be fantastic and would bring some Yuletide cheer to the podcast in some form or another. Um, hey, we've got uh, we've got a, a, a Discord on top of that, the Mr. Warren Hayes Show Discord. If you'd like to connect with wrestling fans from across the globe, well, that's a good place to do so when you're avoiding all of the Twitter nonsense on top of that. So it's a good community we have going. The link is in the description. We'd love to have you here. Very Christmas-themed show that we have tonight. There's a few, there's a few news items that we need to go through, a couple of things that have happened, but tonight is the naughty and nice list. Uh, that uh, that I do every year for the second year, <laughs> uh, and we're going to be doing this again uh, again tonight. So my naughty and nice list of wrestling happenings in 2022 could be not people, events, matches. Could be a bunch of things. You're just going to have to tune in to find out. So we're doing the naughty and nice list this year. I'm excited for that. And uh, uh, so again, very holiday theme, very holiday cheer, very very holidaysy here today so let's just let let me just stop this introduction and uh and get right to to it thank you very much for tuning in let's go i'm very much in the holiday spirit of things i'm very much uh, excited about christmas and whatnot but uh you know i'm i'm also very much aware that the holidays uh can be a little more difficult uh, for uh, for some people out there, uh, for multiple reasons, uh, and I want you all to know uh, that you know if you if you find yourselves struggling for any reason, uh, for personal reasons, mental health, uh, maybe you're struggling with with some addictions. Uh, listen, you are not alone, and it is important that you reach out and get some help. Of course, you know my DMs are always open on Twitter, on Discord. It's very easy to reach out to me. And, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm always here to lend an ear. I am not a trained professional in any sense of the, uh, of the imagination, though, but I'm always available if anyone just needs to vent, needs to talk. Of course, I'm there. But if you do need some extra help and you, you do find yourself struggling, please reach out. There are uh, services in the United States such as, such as SAMHSA that you can, uh, that you can uh, reach out to at samza.gov.gov. That has all sorts of uh, resources available if you're uh, if you're having a hard time during the holidays, and if you're in Canada, well, the Wellness Canada uh, program 
developed in part by the government of Canada, also has tons of resources there as well, helplines, uh, all sorts of resources. Wellnesstogether.ca is the website. Feel absolutely free to use uh, use these resources that are at your fingertips. You're not alone. You don't have to be alone during the holidays. If it's difficult for you, please reach out. Uh, you're not alone, and I guarantee you that some. I guarantee you as well. You are loved and wanted, and you. We're better off having you around. So please do. And if anything, reach out to me, and then I'll tell you what to do. <laughs> not in that. Not not in that sense, but I will help you out. I will do my best. And now, just a couple of weeks left. Just a couple of weeks left. But we still, we're we're not in the clear. But I'm very proud of myself. Here we go again once more. Once again this week, another, another nice thing about Bill Goldberg. Now, <clears throat> excuse me, here's something that happened unique this week. I was, I was able to come into possession of some telephone calls that were made involving Bill Goldberg. Now, I, you know, I can't reveal my sources or how I obtained these phone calls, but these are, these are recordings of actual phone calls that I got from Bill Goldberg, and uh, I am going to play them for you right now. So here is the first call. I have two, and here's the first call from Bill Goldberg. Your call has been forwarded to an automatic voice message system. At the tone, please record your message. Uh, hi, Brett. It's Bill. Bill Goldberg. Yeah. Uh, hope, uh, hope you're doing well. Listen, I know you and I have been through a lot, and, well, you know what I'm talking about, right? And, and look, I was wondering if you and I, you know, we could, you know, you and I, we could bury the hatchet. You know, just like in the spirit of the holidays kind of thing, you know? Yeah, it's been going on for a while now. I don't know. I think it might be time to move on. Anyway, I hope to hear from you soon. All right, and that's how the... That call from Bill Goldberg to to Brett, Brett Hart probably happened. And it just so happens I was also able to get my hands on Brett's call back to Bill Goldberg. Yeah. Let's listen to this call now. Let's give this a listen. Your call has been forwarded to an automatic voice message system. They At the tone, using the please record system. your message. yourself happy holidays and on that note we are going to go right into the weekly wrestling inspection <laughs> Short weekly wrestling inspection tonight because 
because tonight we are going to be uh, we're going to be talking about we're going to be doing the naughty and nice list in just a little while where we recap you know some of the uh, some of the uh, the nice and naughty things that happen in the world of pro wrestling things people events circumstances concepts we're going to be talking about that in a little bit but first it's not the nickname okay but, but first didn't have a, t- a chance to talk about it and i want this on the record just didn't have a chance to speak about it because it happened like the ne- <laughs> the news broke on wednesday and i record on tuesdays so i was like ah but wwe released nxt women's champion mandy rose last week six days ago at this point as first reported by Fightful Select and confirmed as uh, by multiple sources afterwards, Mandy Rose was released from the company. Content Rose was posting to her fan time account played a role in her dis- in her departure. Um, Dave Meltzer on Twitter added a little something here. He said, "There's a lot to." There's a lot to the Mandy Rose firing today, and the title change last night was a last-minute decision based on the fact that she was getting fired and was not the original plan. So that's very interesting. Rose posts, of course, adult-themed photos and videos for her subscriber base on fantime.com, uh, which is... Well, you probably all figured out by now that it's it's like a... It's a it's a competitor to OnlyFans. I guess you figured it out by now. You pervs. No, that's not right. You weirdos. No, that's not right. I'm kidding. Um. She uh. So that's just, so she's been posting that through uh through the fan time uh over there. She uh Mandy uh, wrapped up a a a career with WWE at least for now. She's been with the company since 2015. Season six of Tough Enough, I want to say, uh, and she made her main roster debut in 2017 as part of the as part of the Absolution faction with Paige, aka Soraya, and Sonya Deville. She returned to NXT in the summer of 2021 and won the women's title at Halloween Havoc. She dropped the title uh, to uh, Roxanne Perez on uh, last Tuesday's edition of NXT, a full week ago at this point. The match was originally scheduled to take place at New Year's Evil on January 10. However, uh, an angle uh, they, they, they set up an angle in the opening segment of last night's show where Roxanne challenged, when I say last night, I mean last Tuesday night podcast, where Roxanne uh, uh, challenged Mandy Rose uh, out of the blue, she accepted, defended, lost, and she was out of there. And people were going around saying, um, I think she's fired. And a lot of people were going, well, you're full of bullshit. But it turns out, uh, you know, uh, who, wa- who was fullest of bullshit? I don't know. A, who cares? <laughs> it doesn't matter. Um, Dave Meltzer and The Observer this week had multiple more, multiple more, m- many more details, numerous more details. Is multiple more a thing? I f- if not, that is my new EDM project name. Multiple more. I feel like I, I, I feel like I, I feel like I could drop some some sick beats under the name Multiple More. Uh, <laughs> let's 
<laughs> Dave Meltzer had some details in the Observer this week. According to those close to the situation, Matt Bloom, the giant Bernard, informed Shawn Michaels, the heartbreak kid, about the content on Rose's fan time subscription service that had gotten more racy as of late. While not confirmed, there are those who believe Rose was making more money posting photos and making custom videos for subscribers that contained nudity. Uh, and she, you know, she had engaged in things like asking for, for high amounts of tips on stream to continue streaming, right? There were photos with her and her fiancé, Tino Sabatelli. Sabby mania still running wild in the in the Mandy Rose household. And she'd also do custom video for her subscribers. When Michaels found out earlier in the week about the new content, the NXT television show was rewritten and Rose was ordered to drop the title to Roxanne Perez. She was fired the next morning. Supposedly, it took her by surprise. Supposedly. Rose was in a unique situation of having the best of both worlds. This is, I'm reading verbatim from the Observer here. Uh, Rose was in a unique situation of having the best of both worlds for a woman performer in the sense that she was still working on her main roster contract, which paid her multiple times what people in NXT earn, but she was not subject to the restrictions of main roster talent as far as making outside money using the wrestling name as NXT Talent are allowed to do things to earn extra money. Main roster talent could not. Top-tier top Dave Meltzer writing right there. She, like, you, you, he writes how he speaks. That's all there is to it. Once you get into it, it's fine. But when you, when you try to read it out loud, you're like, wow, okay. Uh, so yeah, so that's the thing is that she started getting more and more racy over the, 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 the last uh, week or so and some of her subscription uh, stuff started leaking to the internet. I'm not going to get into those particulars. It's a very messy situation and those involved don't, they, they don't deserve uh, any, uh, any shine by any stretch of the imagination. It is believed she was fired without being given the option to take the stuff down and tone down her site. Those in the company felt that they had no other choice than to fire her because she was an active performer on the roster and these were public photos and videos for customers unlike several of the women stars who have had their personal private photos hacked and released without their knowledge or permission where the company saw the talent as victims. So, <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> so the, um, look, good for, I mean, look, she she stepped out she she left and the next thing you know she's she you know she raises the price of her fan time to 40 bucks it's like you know two times two two point twenty five times what it was worth in the bit good for her like honestly this is what she needs to do she like she did the absolute best thing she could have done and that is just run in grab the money uh, run in do the uh, to to her site uh, pull, put the money up so that the new influx of, su of subscribers who learned about this uh, would jump in. And there you go. I think her manager said that she made like 400000 over the past week or so since... since 
I mean, look, managers, right? What are you gonna do? This is, <laughs> I, I, you know, I don't know how much stock you want to put in that, but I'm sure she's making gobs of money. I think she was already making gobs of money uh, uh, even before all of this happened. Um, look, the it's 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 a very very uh, bizarre situation uh, where. I can only where I can only think to myself that these individuals, the you know, Shawn Michaels, they pulled the plug quickly, maybe because they were afraid of getting pushback from sponsors. That's probably a thing. I think there's also the possibility that they uh, that they um, uh, I I also think that there's there's a circumstance where they. Uh, you know that that they're coming into renegotiations right uh with with the with the, the the their network partners they being WWE they probably don't want this they probably don't want all of this extra attention coming into poison stuff especially since they got rid of a liability in Vince McMahon they probably don't want others at the same time right so i mean i can get all of this but there's one thing that I'm having a little trouble swallowing here in this circumstance, in this problem, in this situation here that we're that that we're in here right now. The only issue I truly have is is that Mandy's gimmick, her entire gimmick is sex. From the minute that she was brought into the company, throughout her entire run that's what it was just sex right sex <laughs> that was her thing when she had a whole thing with with jay uso back in the day where it's like you know she's trying to seduce him away from naomi she's walking around in a towel that's what she's doing right and then it's like, they do the whole thing. And you remember, look, and then there was a time where they were like, okay, let's try, let's try something else. So let's, you remember when she was uh, uh, in a tag team with Dana Brooke for all of those like six minutes. You're, but you, you, I'm pretty sure you do remember that, right? And they were dressing the same and they were like the blonde bombshells. I don't remember what they called them, right? But it was some dopey, the, you know. Oscar had come up with a with, with a with a funny name for them, and I don't remember what it was. But uh, you know, it, it was whatever, right? So so they 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 made her look more athletic, right? Not as not you know not uh, you know not not with everything necessarily hanging out, you know. It's just like you know, let's give you the the athletic look, and that didn't work. So what did they do? They sent her back to NXT. And they're like, oh, by the way, your gimmick, we're going back to sex. The, the, the poolside bikini shots and the and, and the racy you know so on and so forth the, the gear and, and and entrance gear and all that that's what your sex again Mandy and she's like okay well I'm gonna go online I'm gonna I'm gonna sell this I'm gonna sell sex and I'm gonna do it on my terms right I'm gonna do it I'm gonna do it the way that I want to do it and they're like mm -mm -mm. so you know ultimately. Like I, I get, I get the argument, I get the idea of there's sponsorship, there's business partners, and 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 you know if she's 
if she's dipping into because I I didn't see any of the videos, so I'm I'm or or or, or photos, you know. So if she's if she's dipping into something closer to pornography than anything else, then maybe, you know, I can see that, you know, maybe sponsors and so on and so forth might be a little, might get a little chilly. You know, there was reports early on, but I don't think anyone really nailed it on the head, but like Mattel was in on this and was like, hey, motherfuckers. You know, and I, but I can see a toy company going, look, we can't do, we can't produce a toy, you know, of, of, of one of your, one of your star athletes, Who's putting, you know, buttholes online. I don't know if she's doing that. Like, I, you know, I'm just saying, I, I'm speculating. And if she's putting her butthole online, we, we can't make a toy out of her. We can't make a toy out of the butthole. So, no, we could, but not Mattel. Anyway, the, the whole point I'm trying to make here is that ultimately this is all a question of control. It's all a question of how WWE wants to control this woman and how she presents herself sexually to a degree. Because that's her entire thing. And don't kid yourselves. Mandy has always been a center of attention, a center of discussion when she put her sex appeal forward. Uh, That's always where she was able to garner the most uh, interest, the most fan interaction, whatever you want to call it, that's exactly what it was. It's control. And now she goes off, she does her thing, and and it's not like, you know, it's not like uh, Paul Levesque can give her a call and say, well, look, let's try and work something out, let's take 30%, you know, we'll, we'll take a 30% managerial fee or whatever. He's like, no, we can't do that. We can't take 30% off of this because we are a publicly traded company and we put out a PG product. So he can't do that. So it's like, well, if we can't control it, hit the bricks. So this is all what it's about. This is all really what it's about. And and yes, business considerations, but I promise you, any type of other situation, no one would have been released like instantaneously because of business considerations. There would have been negotiations. There would have been, you know, some kind of common ground that would have been found. They would have given her time maybe to take down her stuff. But I, I'm also of the of the opinion, I'm also of the opinion that uh, Mandy Rose is going to be back in WWE someday. I think she's going to return. Like, this is the kind of thing that's going to, she's she'll do her money, she'll do her thing, and at some point she's going to pop back in in whatever shape or form, right? She... She'll come back in some way, but she's not done. She's not done with, she's not done with WWE. One of the things that astounded me was like, was people. It was the amount of, it was the amount of articles where it was like, uh, uh, the, the amount of articles where People were speculating. Well, here, who should, here's who she's going to fight in AEW. And we're like, she's not going to go to AEW. I mean, she could, but that would be a very ill-advised decision for Tony Khan, because, um, you know, maybe everyone in maybe in the WWE universe they like to see her 
and say, oh, she's improving, she's improving, she's improving. But AEW fans are a little more demanding when it comes to work rate. And if and there's only so much improving to go around. So I I, I don't think she's a fit for AEW. Impact? Like she, I you know, I think, imp- honestly, I think Impact could probably benefit quite a bit from having her as a presence, as someone like... Because I think there is a, a, a I think there's a set of fans that uh, that absolutely would tune in to watch her. I'm not saying like she's this monster draw, but pretty sure there'd be a, at the very at the very least a curiosity bump. And this is what you do with the curiosity bump, right? You bring her in, you have people tune in, but instead of featuring fucking Bubba Ray and uh, Tommy Dreamer in main events. And, 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 and promo segments, you give a speedball Mike Bailey and Josh Alexander, right? So that the people who do check out the product, look at the product like, holy shit, this rules. Because I don't know. <laughs> I don't know who else sits around and goes, hey, you know what? This Bully Ray, Tommy Dreamer stuff, that's the, that's the kind of shit in 2022 that... That, that makes me want to shell out some money for some pay-per-views, buddy. I, I, I don't know. Yeah, finally, we... Look, there's one advantage here. If we center to AEW, we could finally get the V... Who has the best V-trigger business out of the way? We could do that. Um, Another WWE note. Uh, Last night on Monday Night Raw... Bronson Reed, a.k.a. Jonah, returned to the land of Papa Paul. And is the latest wrestler to return under the Paul Levesque regime after being fired uh, last year, after more than a year. Let me read this off of the the Observer uh, Figure 4 online. More than a year after being released, Reed made his return to Wawa'i. On last night's episode of Raw, Reed helped The Miz defeat Dexter Loomis in a winner-takes-all ladder match. Now, you may be asking, hey, hey, here, here's, here's the thing. Um, what if, um, what, 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 what are we taking all here? Winner-takes-all what? Winner-takes-all the bag of cash. There's a bag of cash. There, there was a, there's a bag of cash that was involved. That winner takes all the cash. From what I understood, when I watched the match and 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 got the the story uh, explained to me, also, this was Mike the Miz Miz Nannins Miz Nannins cash. He was cash broke. I'm going off. Tra- Look, I'm going off track. I'm going off track. <laughs> Let's talk about Bronson Reed. Bronson Reed. As Loomis was about to grab the two bags of cash that were suspended above the ring, Bronson Reed appeared and knocked him off the ladder and gave him the torpedo, which is a top rope splash. Reed attacked Loomis. Then Miz retrie- retrieved both bags of 
of money now making him no longer cash broke. Not broke broke, cash broke. This was explained to us that Miz was not broke because two bags of money were on the loose. No, 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 no. He is a big Hollywood dude. You know, it's just he that was all of his cash flow that was in those bags. You, you, you understand? You get it? You get, this is some high finance, highfalutin, top tier level financing, accounting, 101 shit here. Y'all should be able to understand this. Mike Miznanens was not broke. He was cash broke. He still had his house and his Jaguar cars and, and, and his wife could go out shopping on Rodeo Drive or whatever. He, we had a, he, he wasn't broke broke. He was just cash broke. That means he couldn't like pop into a Wendy's and get a Frosty. He couldn't stop in, you know, at the local GameStop to buy, you know, a, a, a gift card like points for the Nintendo store for, her, for, her, for his kids to redeem on their Switch. He just didn't have the cash flow. But he had all his assets. It's not as if so. What are you? If you're thinking, if you're sitting around, you know, putting this into your brain and saying, "But Warren, why didn't he go and liquidate some of his assets if he was that?" But look, you're actually thinking too far, because he had to regain the the cash flow that he had available, which could be contained in two bags. And how much cash flow is that exactly in two bags, two Louis Vuitton designer bags? Is that exact? It seems like it's a little, it's not that much for a Hollywood multimillionaire like Mike the Miz Miznanin. 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 I don't like, you know what I mean? All this, what, look, what I'm trying to tell you is that this story stinks. It's bad. And Bronson Reed now returns and he's back into this. This is a guy. This is a guy who went undefeated in the G1 Climax right up until he lost to Kazuchika Okada and then has another match with Kazuchika Okada afterwards, which was a fantastic match, match of the boy's career. And everyone is looking at this and we're going, well... Okay, there's something lighting here. We got a little flame going under Bronson Reed. Jonah, as he was known, as a member of the Mighty Don't Kneel. It, so, so we've got all of these things here. We've got all of this together. He's, and, and he's, he's putting the effort into New Japan. He's getting his name out there, only to come back to the Fed and be thrown into... The worst storyline right now on Raw, and as the heater to Mike the Miz Mizanin. I I I don't know what to tell you. Here's the thing. Congratulations and sincere congratulations to Jonah for getting out there and and getting, as the kids say, that bag. And we're not talking about. The fucking bags of money that were suspended over the that were suspended over the ring. Hang on a second. We, we I didn't mention that I watched the fucking match. I watched the whole fucking match. It was a disaster. Let and and y'all know at this point, you know how sick 
I am of ladder matches at this point. I don't want to see another ladder matches for 18, another ladder match for 18 months, but I saw one last night and I'm going to see one in a couple of weeks on Dynamite. There's no escaping this, this, this fucking nonsense. I'm sick of ladder matches and they're throwing a ladder match at me and it's a bad one on top of that. It's bad. And the spot at the end where Bronson Reed arrives to attack Dexter Loomis, Dexter is on the, he's doing the most infuriating spot in all of these ladder matches when the wrestler's at the top and he's, you know, he's fiddling with the, with the hook. It's like, oh, can't quite get it off. Can't quite get it off. And he's just like tugging at it. And, and you're like, you dummy, you dummy. You dummy. You absolute dummy. Everyone looks bad in those circumstances. Everyone looks bad. So it, it takes forever for Bronson Reed to hit a spot to finally get in. So Loomis looks like a goof. The whole match was terrible. but And the conclusion is, is, is a disaster. But coming back to my, what I was saying just before this. Get me. Just as I was saying just before this, uh, I will never, ever, ever get mad at a pro wrestler for doing the best thing to get the most money, right? And especially when it comes to WWE. Milk them for all they're worth. I hope Bronson Reed was able to get all the money he could get from them milk the billion dollar company for what they're worth they can afford you so get the money get your get the bag make sure that they make sure that they give you all the money so i for that i can't blame him and good for him if if that's what works but as a fan as someone then who sits back and looks at this i'm like okay Going from being fired there from there like about a year ago, hitting the Japanese circuit, clearly Ghetto was taking a shine to him, puts him up there with the golden boy of fucking New Japan, the franchise, the man, has a, an excellent match with him. One that you're like, this, is, this rules, can't wait to see what's next. Just a few days ago, he's on the Twitter going... Shingo Takagi doesn't have a match at Wrestle Kingdom and eyeballs, you know, eye emojis and all that. And I'm like, okay. And then he shows up here. So as a fan, I'm like, well, they uh, all the way over to overproduced mid-card hell where he's going to be treated like a big guy. I bet you $10 they're going to be doing the 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 foot stomps you know with the camera shakes next week they're going to be doing that again right they're absolutely going to be doing that again and then he's going to come in and he's going to no sell a bunch of offense we all know how this goes there's already what there's there's three other guys right now like that on the roster braun strongman omas and i'm forgetting someone uh i'm forgetting someone uh um Veer? Is Veer even still a thing? But that, you know, 
all big men in WWE are booked the same. So he's going to be in a program with Braun Strongman at some point. That's just how it goes. Otis. Yeah, there you go, Otis. And he and he's Mike the Miz Mizanin's heat. He's his heater. And anyone's going, I'm interested to see how this goes. I'm not. And the thing is that I'm disappointed because I was looking forward to seeing what uh, what uh, what more Jonah had to offer. Now he's he's just going to be another guy. He's going to be another guy on the card. Just as simple as that. A guy who gets no reactions. Here's something interesting that I want to point out. Here's something that just to tickle just to tickle your gray matter a little bit here. Whenever AEW pulls out a guy from across the uh, crowd, what, what is the first thing you hear? You start people bitching, you start people going, where's it? I don't know who this is. No, there were no pro promo packages. Who is this person? We don't know who it is. And we're like, okay, that's fine. It's not, for, you know, it's not for you. But here's the thing. Bronson Reed came out and did his attack and they had to sweeten the crowd noise to make it sound like people were invested in it because everyone was like hey who the hell is this guy right these people were literally going like who, who's this dude i don't know who this dude is and he was in nxt he was in nxt so anyone who really thought that there was real and profound crossover between Main roster fans and NXT fans, he just got a mouthful right there. This guy was North American champion for NXT. He was getting a push. Trips really liked them, but this is where we're at. So there is no magic trick here. People who aren't invested in the product outside of what they watch on main, you know, on, on main, and I'm talking like, you know, to a degree like Wednesday nights on Dynamite, Monday nights on Raw, Friday nights on, on SmackDown, anything that happens outside of that, for a large proportion of people watching these shows, they don't know who these people are. And there's no amount of, there's no amount of, of, of preparation of, of uh, you know, packages that will get them excited if they don't know who they are to begin with. So the whole argument when AEW does it is completely moot because WWE is doing it within its own company with people that has, have worked for them before in their developmental division but are getting no reactions. So anyway, congratulations. Look, honestly, congratulations, Bronson. Bronson, Reed, Jonah. Good for you. And I hope you have a wonderful career in WWE. I really do. Before we get it, one last thing, before we get to the naughty and nice list. Today, John Orand from the Sports Business Journal released his predictions or some predictions, some lightning fast predictions for, uh, for the, um, for the uh, sports media in 2023. He had a more long form uh, article set up, but here were some, he had some, some fast, uh, um, uh, uh, he had some fast thoughts that he wanted to share. And, um, and he spoke about WWE. Now, just in case you're wondering, who the hell is John Urand? Well, 
He is a reporter, business analyst for the Sports Business Journal. Of course, a a publication that covers uh, everything regarding the business aspect of professional sports, including media deals. Uh, And every year for the uh, the past couple of years, he's been doing uh, predictions for the next year. And, uh, And he's been... He has a pretty good track record. Like for, you know, last year he uh, predicted for 2022 that NBC would keep the rights to the Premier League of, of soccer and shut down NBCSN. Both things happened this year. But at the same time, he also claimed that Warner Media would be unsuccessful in securing the rights to the NHL. But as you know, because you listen to AEW, no doubt, and you follow this stuff, Warner Media did end up being a part of the new broadcast deal for the National Hockey League alongside ESPN. So, you know, a hit, a miss, a hit, a miss, but he has a a, a pretty good track record. So he he put out a little blurb regarding World Wrestling Entertainment today, and I'm going to read it verbatim for, for you. WWE goes all in with NBC Universal. The WWE's TV deals expire at the end of 2024, but it will start to negotiate new deals in April, right around when WrestleMania is in Los Angeles. By the end of the year, the group will have ha- will have in place a deal with NBC Universal that keeps Raw and NXT on USA and moves SmackDown from Fox to one of NBC's challenge channels channels excuse me channels channels the real significance of this deal comes in two years the comes in two years the two negotiate their peacock deal the deals for raw and smackdown will lay the groundwork for NBCU to buy WWE outright oh there's a lot to unpack here there's a lot of stuff to unpack. Um, you guys know we like to talk about the business aspect of, uh, of pro wrestling here because I think it's very interesting. It's much more interesting than spending time talking about how much of a dope Lacey Evans is, despite the fact that she is a dope. This is very interesting. Um, it's been, uh, uh, you know, I've been one of these uh, wrestling observers, haha, <laughs> pun intended. Uh, that's uh, that's alluded to the idea that Nick Khan was setting up WWE for a sale, right? I've talked about this a few times. And Khan uh, previously was interviewed by Oren, John Oren, back in, in, in January. And he and he was uh, he had told Oren back then that the WWE was not actively seeking a sale, but had taken some inbound calls, you know? So basically it's a... People calling us to see, but we're not, you know, we're not sending out feelers. We're Oh, people are sending feelers to us kind of thing. It was reported shortly after McMahon's departure that a sale was not being pursued at that time. Now, the stock right now is quite high, $80 a share. It's not an all-time high, but it's, it, 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 it's higher than when Vince was in charge, when Vince was around. Troublesome management is gone. The liability within the you know the the, the within the executive committee of, of of WWE he he ain't there no more. So there's a lot of there's still a lot of signs that make that uh, make the um, 
that have laid down the, 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 the framework at the very least to establish a sale. You know, any liabilities you have in management, they're gone. A high stock price, that's usually a good time for a sale too and make the stockholders happy. Of course, we talked about it last week. Now that, you know, we've heard the rumblings, right? You know, off of the Wall Street Journal report that uh, Vince McMahon wants to come back. Nobody wants him back. But since when did, since when has Vince McMahon cared what anyone wants, right? Regardless, like you know, the, th the point here is like, even if he comes back in, a, in an executive position, or not, or an operations position, or not. It doesn't matter. He is still the majority stockholder of WWE. He still owns the majority of the company. There is no sale that happens unless Vince says yes. So to a degree, that might actually give him some leverage. We're just fantasizing here. We're just spitballing. We're just throwing stuff out there. Would it be... Would it be so unimaginable to think, to believe, to come to grips with the fact that Vincent Kennedy, Kennedy, that Vincent Kennedy McMahon would be like, hey, you know what? Um, I want, uh, uh, you guys want to sell the company. That's cool. Uh, we can sell it, but... Uh, uh, you know, I want back in uh, under these consider these considerations, and I want back in as creative as CEO and so on and so forth. You know, and then I'll be. There. But I've always I've always been of the belief that one of the reasons that WWE had trouble getting sold is because Vince, pure and simple, is because Vince, because of who he is, because of the baggage he carries, and probably because he's always tried to, to negotiate himself as remaining as an executive, right? Staying in creative, whereas if new ownership could be like, no, you know what, we don't want you around. Who the hell, and I've talked about this before, who the hell would want to deal with Vince McMahon on a daily basis unless you're like completely in, in, in wrestling, but I'm talking like a, on an executive, on a, you know, a, 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 uh, on an executive, a corporate level. You're buying WWE. You, why would you want to bring in Vince McMahon into the company with you? It's nonsense is what it is. So it's very interesting to see that Oren here, but he's not outright saying that NBCU is going to be is going to buy WWE in 2023. He's talking. He's mostly talking about uh, the renegotiations that are starting here. Uh, and uh, by the end of the year, by the end of 2023, the group will have signed to bring everything back to uh, the USA Network, uh, to NBC Universal, whatever networks. Then we'll see. I want to. So let's circle back to that. Let's talk about that. Let's go back to that because that's very interesting. Now, I want to preface this. I know there have been reports out there that apparently some people at Fox are not happy with how WWE is performing. We've heard these rumblings, right? There's been reports about this for, it's been a few months now. And 
look, from my completely outside perspective of this, you know, without not being someone who is privy to any conversations, just based on what I I can observe myself and read and take hold of, I, I have trouble buying this discourse that Fox is not happy with WWE. Because SmackDown is in is number one, is in the top three every Friday night in the demo. Every Friday night in the demo, it is one of the top three shows, not on cable, on broadcast network television. They can't, they, I, 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 I sincerely have trouble believing that they are unhappy with that. If they, if they are unhappy, let's nuance this a little bit. If they're unhappy, it's got to be in regards to other performance indicators. Maybe that aren't as obvious as you know the as ratings. Could be you know ad rates. Got to be a bunch of things, things that we don't see executive office stuff you know circumstances we're not privy to meanwhile nbc the network quite dominant in ratings on a weekly basis on most nights of the week i should say but not quite as hot on fridays certainly they, they certainly see the positioning that SmackDown has on Friday nights, dragging in this demo on a night that they don't do well. NBC doesn't do well on Friday nights. Look, just this past week, they were eaten alive by a repeat episode of Shark Tank. They were fourth overall in, in total viewership on, on Friday evening. Fourth. Behind ABC, CBS, Fox... They were only better than the CW. <laughs> UPN. <laughs> right? So, like, don't you think that it would make sense for NBC to be like, hey, you know what? We'd be open to talk with you and, and, and bring your, your big, big Friday night show over to us on Fridays. We, we dig that. We think it'd be great. Why wouldn't they want the property? Why wouldn't they NBC want it? And why? And do you not think that they would not be ready to pay a pretty penny to be able to get that program in, raise their ad rates in the meantime because they're scoring higher in the demo on Friday nights than they ever were, or that they currently are anyway? They'll pay a pretty penny. And trust me, as it stands right now, as it stands right now, WWE is getting a raise. Whatever happens, no matter whether they decide to stay with Fox or go to go all in with NBCU, they're getting a raise. The they are in a great place to negotiate because their their ratings are steady. No real big substantial declines. They're following trends. Live sports are still a super hot demand. The ad rates are through the roof for live ad, for live sports programming. There is no 
objective reason. There's no objective reason for WWE to make less money when they go to renegotiate later this year. They don't. They're going to be getting a raise. And this is something that everyone has to come to grips with. This is absolutely something that's going to happen. It's it, WWE is going to make more money by the end by the end of twenty uh, by when twenty twenty four comes around. Absolutely one hundred percent. Unless there is this major shift that happens in how lives uh, live programming is dealt with. I mean, these things are bubbles, right? These things are waves that you have to surf. Whatever you want to call it, a bubble, a wave. These are waves. And they're going to last whatever time they last. And then eventually it's going to start petering away. We're going to have to move to another model. And is it the streaming model? So, so, and even on top of that, if they want to be able to get a chunk of that streaming revenue, NBC Universal, Peacock, again, everything sort of connects. Like right now, Fox is the, is the odd man out on this one here. And... USA Network, USA Network doesn't want to get rid of Raw, doesn't want, Raw, WWE Raw is the most watched show on the network week in and week out. And I pulled the numbers up here, just the four highest rated scheduled programs on USA Network by total viewership as of Tuesday, December 13th. As of last week, okay? The most watched program was WWE Raw. 1.5 million people watched it. What do you think is the second most watched show on USA? WWE NXT. By a far margin down. 6,666,000 viewers. 666. I mean, it's it's a significant margin, but the second most watched show is that. What do you think is the third more, most watched? Barmageddon. A show that has ties in with WWE because of some of the people who show up on the show. 572,000. And what is the fourth most watched show? A10 basketball, 85,000 viewers. So we go from 1.5 million as your number one watch show. And in your top four, the fourth is a paltry 85,000 viewers. You cannot be USA Network and 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 say to yourself, we're gonna have to we're gonna have to put the screws to WWE on this one. This this isn't you know turn of the century, not turn of the century. Yeah, turn of the millennium. WWE USA Network with Spike TV and all that bullshit. This isn't it. Eighty-five thousand viewers is the fourth most watched program on USA. One point five million. Then, of course, they're going to be like, "Yeah, let's keep these people. Let's give them what they want." 
it starts it starts to make sense when you're looking at the numbers NXT does as opposed to everything else on the uh, on the network because everyone always poo-poo's on NXT's ratings or you know like, I wonder how USA feels about getting their developmental brand I'm pretty sure they're like ah, th- who cares your developmental brand is bringing over half a million viewers a week when A10 basketball can't even crack 100,000 come on I'm very interested to see how this blows, how where the wind is going to blow for WWE this year. But you know, Orand is very inter- his predictions are very interesting. He's connected. He knows people. He talks to people. He doesn't. I don't necessarily think he's pulling this out of his ass. But the you know the things that I think we need to remember here is that. Um, moving everything to NBCU makes sense, especially if they're in a that they're in uh, 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 a a situation where they would like to sell to NBCU, and NBCU is interested, clearly interested. But the outlying factor is Vince McMahon and what he ultimately is going to do. He may be out of he may be out of our day-to-day wrestling, but he is still very much in wrestling. Now, it is time, ladies and gentlemen, for the second annual Mr. Warren Hayes show, Naughty and Nice List 2022. <laughs> looking okay let me see here because we've got we've got props if you're if you're watching this live not not just live if you're watching this on youtube.com or even on spotify uh get that video get that pop that video on because we've got props we've got my my annual naughty and nice sacks the 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 naughty sack and the nice sack we got them all set up here for you and we, we are going, this is what we're going to be, this is what we're going to be going forward tonight. This is what we're going to be doing. We're going to be doing the naughty and nice uh, list for, for, for 2022. I did this, I started this last year. And I wanted to just to get, tell you why I do this. I did this last year because everyone at this time of year does their, you know, their match of the year lists, their pay-per-views of the year lists their um wrestlers of the year their wor- best wrestlers their worst wrestlers we have, so on and so forth they give awards a lot of people give awards and and for me like yeah, I, and i don't disparage anyone doing it but the fact that everyone does it i'm like well what could there's something else i could do right and sometimes it's not always a question of ranking and giving awards sometimes you just want to talk about things that hit you that 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 
got you in the chest that popped you like this and went like <laughs> that just that just hit home and you're and you just want to talk about that had some kind of influence either good or bad on pro wrestling this year and sometimes it is individual wrestlers but sometimes it's events sometimes it's things that occur that you're like well you know there's there's so much to talk about so i'm like you know what instead of doing a list proper i'm gonna do naughty and nice things in professional wrestling how about that so that's what we're doing again this year that's what i'm that's what i'm going for this year once again uh, 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 with all the uh, with all the the um, the cheer that goes along with it, <laughs> something. So why don't we start, right? So uh, so as as it was the same last year, uh, the uh, all the things that are nice will have a a beautiful little Christmas card to spread cheer, whereas the naughty things will have a lump of coal. All right. And I'm gonna dive into the to the sack side. So I have I, I I have the nice things all in the nice sack, of course. The naughty things in the naughty sack. And I'm gonna just dive in, and I'm gonna pick one out, and then I'm gonna talk about it. Does that make sense? Is that is that cool? And chat, of course, you're more than welcome to jump in and and add in. You know what you think might have been a naughty and nice thing. And by the way, it, since since this, oh, I thought the, I thought my props were coming apart. Um, uh, and um, since since uh, you know the, the, you know uh, there was a lot of preparation that went into this, uh, uh, I want to give an honorable naughty mention to uh, to Lacey Evans. She is a big dummy. She's a bozo and a dope, and she she absolutely deserves the fattest lump of coal, the, like 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 a good old you know, and one of those that that is passed anyway of pressurizing down enough to create a diamond out of it like it's one of those like if you pressurize it it just comes up it just collapses into dust and then enters your lungs you know and then it gives you black lung which is what which was an actual ailment that miners used to suffer from after because of all the inhaling of coal in the coal mines so Lacey Evans honorable naughty mention because she's not in she's not officially in the sack but let's go ahead, let's go with a, a nice, a nice one here. We got little, see, we got little, look at, uh, little envelope. We'll open it up. Get a nice little ho, 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 little card here. And we'll open up the card and we will start by talking that we are spoiled by great weekly wrestling. That is our first nice thing of 2022 um if you are a even a, a remotely an occasional watcher of the mr warren Hayes show, or better yet my dynamite review show that i do every thursday that i've started doing every thursday anyway um you know what what one of my most broken record pieces of analysis in regards to wrestling in 2022 is how spoiled we are with the quality of pro wrestling that we get on a weekly basis on free tv now when i say free tv yes i do include cable and i know cable isn't exactly free bear with me i'm saying that you don't have to pay extra money for that you don't have to shell out for a pay-per-view so on and so forth week in week out we are blessed to the gills with extraordinary pro wrestling 
like all the time. Sure, there's duds. Don't get me wrong. There's moments that are so-so, and there are you know there are just sh- sh- you know shows sometimes that like this is this is absolutely forgettable, you know. But on a weekly basis, where like let's go with recency bias, okay? Let's just go with recency bias. Last week we had a, an exceptional. World Championship title defense. The first title defense of a brand new champion for free on TV. And it was excellent. We're having currently a a, a best of seven series by six of the most talented wrestlers on the planet right now. And we're having a we're 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 having a best of seven series going on right now for for just for, for shits and giggles to get people to watch on Wednesdays. Last night on Raw, a very good match between AJ Styles and Sami Zayn. And we're getting this consistently every week. Now, I'm not going to sugarcoat it. Dynamite is the purveyor of excellent wrestling week after week, like on a, on a, on a semi-regular standard basis. Not, we're, you know, I'm not going to talk about SmackDown here. It's... It's still an unbearable watch. But but dynamite. I'm gonna look, I'm convinced, 100 percent convinced that a that we are in a, a period with dynamite that there has never been. We are in a period where there has never been such great, consistently great professional wrestling on a weekly basis than there is right now there this has never happened in the history of wrestling not even during the, the the fabled monday night wars not even when nitro was at its best not even when raw was at its best did we get such consistently great matches week in week out i'm convinced that this is the, for for people who love pro wrestling this is absolutely an age of plenty. We're spoiled. We're spoiled. And we're spoiled because the game has changed. Because there was a time where you didn't put these matches on TV because you wanted people to buy the pay-per-view to go on TV. Now the game has changed. Now you want licensing deals. You want to be able to get good ratings so that the networks will pay you more money to put on your show. That's how it works now. Who wins in this circumstance? The fans. And yet, and yet, Fans on uh, wrestling fans online will consistently argue about and, and will complain about anything but the or they'll talk about anything but the wrestling. They'll talk about anything but the actual wrestling. You know, they, I was chatting with 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 a with a, a peer recently, a friend, and they were saying, "Why do you still do the breakdowns? Why do you still break down the matches?" Because you have to talk. If you don't give emphasis to the matches, if you don't say this was fucking cool, when he pulled a, a you know a top rope tornillo to the floor, and said, and you, you don't say it popped me out of my seat. Why are people aren't going to watch? Why I want people to understand why I watch. So if I'm telling, if I'm breaking down a match, I'm tell you this fucking ruled. Canadian destroyer out of nowhere. It was awesome. 
want you guys to, I, I want to be able to convey that to you. To convey to you that the pro wrestling aspect of pro wrestling is still the best reason to watch pro wrestling. It sure ain't the stories. It, 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 it's not these fabled stories. This storytelling that is so crucial to keeping the audience. I don't know how anyone finds enjoyment in this Dexter Loomis stuff these days with Mike the Miz. I don't know. But everyone gets turned on by a great wrestling match and that's what matters. It's the wrestling. And we are spoiled, kids. And, th and that's probably why we end up you know, shifting the discourse right and left all over the place and we stop talking about pro wrestling. That's probably why. Because we're spoiled and we don't realize it. That's usually what it is when you're spoiled, right? You don't realize that you're spoiled. You just want more and you're never quite happy and you're always bitching about shit, right? In the meantime, we're having fantastic matches. You got, you remember earlier this year, like you'd have, You'd have matches, incredible matches with Brian Danielson on, on, on AW Dynamite, but Brandy Rhodes would come out. And that's all everyone would talk about on fucking line. Brandy, Brandy said this, Brandy said this. and Jesus Christ, you've got Brian Danielson free, freed from his shackles, wrestling like he hasn't wrestled like in years. The man that is reestablishing, reminding us that he is the greatest North American wrestler to ever do it. And you want to bitch about Brandy Rhodes. Okay. Spoiler alert, Brandy Rhodes is not in either sack. Let's go over to the naughty side here. We'll get, uh, get this here. Right, there we go. Like that. And we got a nice lump of coal here. Let's open it up. And one of the naughty things of 2022, the Athena controversy. I'm specifically talking about, I'm specifically talking about the Athena dark match. AEW Dark Match or Dark Elevation, whichever of the two that she had against um, uh, Jody Threat in Toronto, right? Which was in October, if I'm not mistaken. AEW Dark, AEW Dark Elevation, a show that everyone tells me I don't watch it. Nothing ever happens there. I don't watch it. I don't watch the YouTube geek stuff. It's not interesting to me. You know, if you want things to matter, put them on the main show. That's what people tell me when it comes to Dynamite. And I'm like, uh, to, to, to Dark. To the Dark shows. I'm like, okay. But then suddenly, oh, this happens. And now suddenly everyone is so fucking interested about what happens on Dark. Now it becomes... This huge goddamn deal. Oh, now, now everyone's interested. Isn't that peculiar? Isn't that weird? Huh? Huh? Because, oh, Athena went a little hard. She, 
She might have thrown a couple of stiff shots there at at, at, at poor Jody Threat. Mm, oh my goodness! Oh my, she must have. That must have been a receipt. Oh, she did. She owe her money. Ooh, ooh, ooh! You 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 can't do that. Ooh, she she tossed her around way too hard. Ah ah ah! My goodness! The amount of concern trolling and fake outrage. You want to talk about fake outrage or or misplaced outrage right there? That's exactly what it was. Like, I, I have never seen anything happen out of a dark that generated so much uh, 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 so much vitriol by anyone, but by a show that nobody watches. And that is allegedly, you know, devoid of interest. I should not be interested. You should not be interested. And yet here we are for two to three days straight, the internet losing its mind over Athena, throwing a couple of stiff shots. And this is, this kind of ties into what I was saying earlier. And I promise these are all, these are all, I'm not planning. I'm, I'm pulling these out randomly. Okay. I promise you this. kind of ties into my previous point I feel like if we talked about wrestling more like and I mean wrestling as opposed to con, you know concern trolling oh that bump looked nasty oh are you sure they're all right oh they need to perform like instead of that type of level of discourse if if we if we talked about wrestling more we would elevate our appreciation of it and we wouldn't be having stuff like ha what happened to, to Athena where she's getting dragged over the coals for being a pro wrestler. She has since said that no, you know, didn't quite happen the way it was supposed to, but they leaned into the fact that Jody Threat was a hometown girl. Athena played a little heel, went a little hard. But the fact that she got chastised was ridiculous. And she said it herself. If a dude lands in some stiff shots, we're going we're gonna to pat him on the back. We're going to say, ooh, look at him go. But her, it's like, oh, what a bitch. What's her problem? And I'm looking at this and I'm like, this is fucking awesome. Let's fucking go. Athena was awesome. So in, and here's the thing, there is a silver lining to this lump of coal. Because I think, I think, I'm trying to say too many things at once. Before we get to the silver lining, if pro wrestling fans hadn't, hadn't been poisoned into believing sports entertainment is pro wrestling, we would not be having this conversation around Athena. This is decades of one company saying this is how it goes, infecting the minds of people watching today and going, this, no, 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 this isn't right. When everything shows, you go back historically how people got themselves over. You look at how people work in Japan and anywhere else than in fucking North America. You will see that what Athena did is pro wrestling. Like, no, we're so concerned about talking about anything else. 
talking about outfits, talking about belts. Which is fun, don't get me wrong, but it's not part of the principal experience. It's not part of the first, the, 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 the integral experience of watching a pro wrestling show. It's the wrestlers doing wrestling things, making me believe that this is a good fight that's going on. So the silver lining out of all of this is that Tony Khan looked at this, probably had a little chat with Athena, and like, you know what? We're going to lean into this. You're going to be a heel now. And you are going to kick the shit out of everyone you meet moving forward. And that's exactly what she's been doing. And Athena has not been better. Athena has not been more interesting than all the way back when she was in NXT. God bless her. Everything that happened on Maine, that's not on her. It's terrible booking when she was in WWE. And even when they brought her back to NXT. Wasn't great. But right now, Athena, I feel, feels like a professional wrestler. She feels authentic. It's fantastic what she's been doing. So good on her and them and the booker to go, you know what? We're leaning into this and we're going to make something out of it. Let her right to a solid match with Mercedes Martinez at uh, Final Battle this year. So it's her talent. It's good booking out of a stupid-ass controversy that shouldn't happen in the first place because people don't watch pro wrestling for the pro wrestling. I don't know why they watch it. But once it gets a little too violent, oh, they get turned off. And especially when it comes to the women. Especially when it comes to the women. For some reason, the, we got to protect the women. Well, we got to be careful. Little, 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 tiny little porcelain dolls that we have to watch out for. Athena can take it. She can dish it out and she can take it too. It's fine. They all can actually. Kyle Tyson. Nice to see you and welcome to the Mr. Warren Hayes show. Good to see you. I'm doing well and I hope you are doing well too. Let's go back to the sacks. We just did a naughty, naughty selection. So let's get into the nice... Let's get something nice that happened in wrestling in 2022. Let's see what's on the nice list for 2022. Little Penguin says, Joyeux Noël, because I got my cards in French. Sue me. Oh, here's something very much on the nice list for 2022. John Moxley. Um... John Moxley is uh, is the embodiment of everything that's great about pro wrestling in twenty uh, in twenty twenty two. He's uh, this is look. I'm not even going to go back to three years ago. We're exclusively going to talk this year. If there was ever a moment that what John Moxley wanted to accomplish, what he wanted to do, which was, you know. Go work in a, in a company that would value him as a pro wrestler. That would help bring out his his style, make him become you know, a, a a superstar, while allowing him to go work in other places. This is the year that I think 
it came to a complete and total, uh, complete and total fruition. I don't think there's there's been a year so far that Moxley has felt more complete, felt more complete as a pro wrestler than he has this year. A guy who has delivered every single time, whether he's on a main event on Dynamite, main eventing a pay per view, main eventing an indie show. Moxley always shows up and delivers and gives everything that he's got to entertain the fans and to beat someone up in the meantime. He takes great pleasure in it. He takes so much fun in it and I'm entertained by it. I am entertained by the fact that he likes to beat the shit out of people. This is why I watch pro wrestling. Right now as a, and I, you know, and I shudder to call him a brawler. But every time he, 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 every time he hits the ring, he gets into a fight, a fight. I get excited when he starts to bleed. I know it's a meme now. I don't give a shit. John Moxley in 2022 is blood. And this was all forged together, all put together into the Blackpool Combat Club, which was so excellent for the entirety. It was the best thing in AEW running this year. I think it was the best it was the best long story the best everything they did with this with with the BCC was gold everything connected everything made sense because he's a credible pro wrestler because he's not going around wearing gas masks or you know pushing a cart full of you know weird old toys he's not like he's not the the lunatic fringe He's John Moxley, a pro a guy who is paid to come and beat people up. And he goes everywhere to beat people up. And he's a star everywhere he goes. And everyone knows what to expect out of him when they show up. And he's had great matches with tons of people this year. Does he have the five-star pedigree that uh, Will Ospreay has this year? No. But a five-star rating doesn't always tell the story, doesn't always tell the tale. And Moxley's matches have always been visceral and real. Makes me believe that pro wrestling works, right? And then on top of it all, on top of him being reliable in the ring, he's reliable for his boss. When everything went to shit in a handbag, Who did we turn to? Who did who did Tony Khan turn to? Turn to John Moxley. Strap up John. Put the belt on John Moxley. Interim title. Full blown uh, championship title winner. Yeah. Still still waiting for his vacation. This is a guy who lives and breathes pro wrestling. This is what you. This is what you're told. When you start watching pro wrestling and start listening to the old guys, and you, you know, you, you, if you want to make it in this business, you got to breathe. You got to live and breathe pro wrestling. You got this. He is professional wrestling. He sacrifices too much of himself every time to not to to not even remotely think that he's one of the best at it right now. I'm not even talking about reinventions anymore or changing. 
this is this is another tier level John Moxley. And I don't I don't know when it's going to stop. I really don't. But he was a big he was a big factor in things that I liked in pro wrestling in 2022. But now we're heading over to the naughty side. We're going to get another lump of coal here. What do we have waiting for us? Ah yes. AEW Rampage is officially a B show. Became a B show. Turned into a B show, but it's officially a B show. Um I have a lot of thoughts in that regard and uh but I'm going to try and keep them summarized as much as possible. I think as mu- as much as I feel Tony Khan really did believe that Rampage was not going to be a B show. It was going to be another show to tune in and watch and be there. Tune in to make the uh, to to be there and watch it on Friday nights. I think he lost direction at some point. And as much as he wanted it to not be that, it has absolutely become that now. Rampage is a is an absolutely missable hour of pro wrestling. While there was a time when it was one of the most enjoyable hours of pro wrestling you could watch where you'd have a nice mixture of of stars and up and comers and of course you know i'm not talking about when they debuted it last year in 2021 uh with cm punk that's a whole other you know i'm 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 trying to be realistic about this um but over you know over the past few months i think in a lack of marquee matches um the the fact that they were featuring a lot of uh a lot of uh, unproven talent there just gave the show a feeling that you know what I can skip this and I won't miss a beat and most of the time they were right after all out uh Tony Khan said yes we're going to go all hands on deck with uh with AEW Rampage and we're going to turn the tides and maybe for a while but it he really didn't after full gear he had the same type of uh discourse was like yes we're gonna turn the tide and we're um uh, we're gonna turn the tide all hands on deck it's gonna get better and well look if anything over the past couple of weeks we've had john moxley on the show hangman adam page show up we're getting orange cassidy on the show we're getting more of the stars that people want to see show up on rampage like i don't know why they didn't why they didn't decide to put one of the best of seven matches on rampage well i i get it no i let me rephrase that i understand why they didn't do it because dynamite is still the flagship that's the one that's you know that's the one and uh and the um and the best of seven series right now is gathering a lot of momentum but i mean they could have done that too <laughs> yeah exactly like i don't think you know madison rain in singles action is going to be you know is going to draw all of them eyeballs here's the thing the you know i've, I've talked about it on the podcast having people tune into a wrestling show on a Friday night at 10 p.m. Eastern 
is unquestionably a challenge. And I and I ask you the question once again. I ask you, audience watching right now, just as, as I asked in the past, who tunes into a wrestling show at 10 p.m. if not hardcore fans? Make it a hardcore show, you know, because it, you know, it is still the show that gave us a Katsuyuri Shibata match in North America on TV. That his second match, you know, this year, third match since his career-ending injury, happened on a rampage. That's something I'm going to tune into. Jun Akiyama showing up to, you know, in a ring with Eddie Kingston is a match that I've that hardcore fans have been salivating over for a while. It happened on a Friday night. People tuned into it. If there was any, if there was ever a moment where you could just turn around and be like, "Look, we're bringing in these big stars, crossover stars, big indie stars, whatever," and putting them on a Friday night without video packages, because our hardcore audience know who they are, I think that's a good strategy. But the 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 de-evolution of Rampage as a B show is saddening. But it can also be, I feel, potentially problematic for Tony Khan, who he as well will be renegotiating his deal with Warner Bros. Discover Bros. And does he want to come to the negotiating table with a bit of a stain on his resume where he's like, well, yeah, you know, this this Rampage show on TNT that you're giving us, that ain't it, son. How does he justify... He's like he's got to turn the tides around. He at least has to show that when he has both hands into the product and he's putting real thought and effort into booking it, he can he can he understands the audience and can sway viewership. So I feel it can also. So he still has time to do it. He still has time to react in that fashion. But I feel like a plummeting rampage for renegotiation time might not be a good solution. Let's see what's nice now. Let's see what's nice. Oh, look, another. it's another kind of card. Meilleur vœu, which means best wishes. It's a little snowman. And here is something nice on the nice list of 2022. Vince McMahon resigns. Resigns. He mm, he did not retire. He did not step away. He did not say, uh, "Time to hit the dusty trail." I'm gonna go, you know, gonna go hang out in my hotel in Boca now, or my condo in Boca. Nope, 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 nope. Our boy Vince was pushed out of the company, and anyone who doesn't, who is still towing the line, anything, who's still towing the line and saying, "No, no, he retired. He retired. He did not retire. He was pushed out. He resigned." Because that's the terminology, resignation, that the board of directors, excuse me, that the executives of WWE use in the quarterly reports, they talk about Vince McMahon's resignation, not retirement. He was asked to leave the business. Um, look, overdue, about damn time, uh, Hit, don't let the good Lord hit you where the good Lord split you. I don't know what the expression is anymore. 
we're, we, the pro wrestling was in the need of a shakeup. WWE was in the need of a shakeup. Was in the need was in the need of. Yeah, that's right. Na 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 na. That's right. That's a, exactly. Needed a shakeup. Needed something new. Had to move things along. Had to get rid of 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 the audience of one, for which all WWE programming was created for was was being was being was being created for. If Vince liked it, then it was on TV. Didn't care about demographics or who was tuning in. It was a, if Vince liked it, that's all that mattered, right? So we it was more than time for this to happen. More than time, considering the the decades of problems and allegations and all of that that came to light, right? We are better off with Vince McMahon outside of the portrait of world wrestling entertainment. What it's what Triple H is doing right now, his hand, both hands on the wheel, so to speak, as it stands right now, creatively, operationally, it ain't great. It's it's nothing revolutionary. It's not the shakeup I would have wanted from a from a, a a world wrestling entertainment free from the grips of Vince McMahon. Because I still I currently feel the product is still very much a Vince McMahon production. I'm not saying that he's still involved. I'm saying it still feels that way. But you can you can still you can still uh, hold out some some hope to a degree that things can change and will change and hopefully will change. I've posited many many and many many questions as to why there hasn't been a, a a true turnaround in how things are produced in WWE and how Raw is produced and how it's put together. Why it still feels like the same old thing. Well, We've been talking about rights deals for the better part of uh, the show tonight. We always see, seem to come back to that discussion, but I think it makes a lot of sense for a guy who's in the who's in a position of creative power to be like, look, we're not going to rock the boat. We're not going to rock the boat and start trying new things out, and they fail, and our stock stock uh, price plummets, and people stop tuning into the show. On, on on Mondays and, and Fridays because that will put us in a terrible position to renegotiate. So that might be one thing. It might be just a thing where it's like if we revamp everything overnight, it'll be an indictment that the product previously sucked. It'll be our way of, it'll be a way of us saying, you know what, we completely thought that everything that Vince was doing was garbage, so here's the new thing. And that'll be just an indictment that everything that was happening was trash. Again, Maybe not something politically within the company you want to spearhead. So I don't know why. So again, Raw SmackDown might not be the new pillars of pro wrestling like maybe a lot of people hoped. It didn't shake up the way that I at least hoped it would. But not having Vince McMahon having his claws into the business, into the day-to-day operations, into the wrestling that is presented to us on a national scale is a good thing. 
and it is uncharted territory still to this day, even though I'm sitting here and saying I haven't seen many changes and so on and so forth, still right now, it's still a, we're still in uncharted territory. It's still very, very soon in the, in the, in the era of the Vinceless WWE. What's going to happen moving forward? What will happen after the deals are renegotiated? Probably, maybe nothing. But at least it'll be without Vince, who can be, who, who can absolutely just get out of our lives for as long as humanly possible. How about that? The Naughty Sack. We're going to pull out a lump of coal here. And on my naughty list this year is the state of women's wrestling in North America. Um, I, there is only one place in the world right now where you can tune in to watch really fantastic women's wrestling and it's in Japan. It is the only place where it is without, uh, without question the best place to see women's wrestling. And again, like the key word here is wrestling. Pro wrestling. That's the key word. In North America right now, we're doing someone. I, I I feel like we're in a. Uh, I I feel we're in a bit of a slump, when it comes to women's wrestling. Hassan Terrell, nice to see you. Welcome. We're in a bit of a slump. I don't think the environment is all as exciting as some people purport it to be. While I think, WWE has, premier women's athletes, wrestlers in their midst. I think they don't do enough to make it feel truly significant outside of a few people, which you can argue is absolutely their modest operandi with uh, with the men at the same time, you know? They're just gonna push two or three and the rest is all gonna be sort of like a big mix of interchangeable gumbo. If gumbo is considered interchangeable probably gumbo aficionados would tell me no Warren it's not that interchangeable and I'd be happy happy to be proven incorrect on that level um but you get my point at some point the because you, you have a wealth WWE has a wealth of very talented charismatic women on top of that who can carry a stage, who can carry a match, who can look like the superstars that they want them to be, but they're not given time. They are relegated to meaningless 50-50 booking that in which no one gets over. Or you feature Ronda Rousey as a top woman in the, in the company, who is a top woman, who is a top star, to only people within the company itself. 
AEW's women's division's woes are numerous. They are well-documented and objectively are real. I think it has created it has created a depth that has not right now that uh, wasn't around that hasn't been around for a while. Feel like the women who are taking the front and center stage right now are good choices and get over get over for reasons that are very different than in WWE because in WWE again. The WWE Universe will will um, be much more forgiving when it comes to work rate, whereas AEW fans are much more compelled by work rate, which is why women who haven't cut promos in the company, really, like Jamie Hayter and Willow Nightingale, were able to get themselves over big time with the audience because they didn't have to, because the, their in-ring spoke for themselves. There's been signs that things are getting really interesting for the for the women's division. But we're still relegated to one quarter hour per dynamite for the women. Everything sort of gets squeezed in there. A match, the women, the promo, like the, the pre-tapes, the backstage interviews. It all happens in one spot. It's not exactly what you'd call a showcase. Not exactly something that you'd call um, that you'd call compelling, and as far as impact goes, well, look, impact, which I'm constantly, which you know, constantly the 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 talk is, it's the best women's division in in the U.S. And whereas I would say that they again have an extremely talented pool of women. I also think the booking is a little strange there. I oftentimes wonder, are the right women being pushed? And again, you'll get things like Masha Slamovich versus Jordan uh, Jordan uh, Grace at uh, Bound for Glory, which was a, a, a match of the year. You know, I flat out said that it was probably the best uh, women's match that happened on North American soil this year. Is absolutely outstanding, which it should be considering the talent you have. But that's the point. But a you know a good match does not make for a division because you have to have a a substantial amount of moving parts. Now, if all you do with the women's division is put them on dark and elevation, you know those shows that no one watches, right? I keep you know. Um. It, it doesn't generate interest. So you, you know, I, the, the vicious circle becomes, well, you know, no one watches the women because no one is interested in watching the women. But when you put the, when you feature the women, you don't feature them in places that allow them to get over. But, but then, so, so then people don't get interested, but then people aren't interested to watch the women you get you you start you sort of get into this circle where it's like where you have to take a chance and this is what i'm looking forward to in regards to to AEW in 2023 will they be able 
will they take a chance on their women's division? Because listen, I, you know, we're, we're not going down this route tonight. But if certain free agents are acquired in 2023, these certain free agents will, will likely take up a substantial amount of the time allotted currently to the women's division. Substantial. So you will have to create more time for the women who were there in the first place. Because if it becomes addition by subtraction, you're losing the plot. And we're not gaining. We're not making something interesting. And I don't know what the big deal is. I don't know what the big deal is. Because, and, and, and honestly, for, for a booker who I consider to, be, to have his ear close to the ground of the audience and listens to the crowd reactions and so on and so forth, for a booker that I consider to be, to be close to the audience on that level, listening to crowd reactions, I'm, I'm surprised that Tony Khan doesn't try more things out with his women than he does right now and tries to create these environments where where the women talent can get over. I really don't. I don't understand why he doesn't do it more because he sure as hell does it with the guys. And, but look, he did it with Jamie Hayter. He did it with Willow. He can do it with more women. And the, the more you make them feel important, the more you give them room to feel important, the more place they'll take. And the more over they'll get. And no one will be like, well, who do you not push? Then you won't you won't be asking that question because you'll be like, I don't care who we're not going to push because I want to look at her. I want to see her wrestle. Hopefully 2023 gets better. Now into the nice list for another snowman. And this time we're going to talk about speak of the devil to a degree, Sasha Banks and Naomi. Who this year lit up the WWE universe? No, what did they do? They, 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 um, they betrayed the WWE universe. They disappointed their fans everywhere by walking out and dumping the titles there. Why? Because she, because because she, she, they wanted Sasha to job to Ronda Rousey. I'd walk out too. What are you talking about? This set off a fantastic chain of events that, that is still compelling to this very day and is still creating high levels of excitement to this day. Here's the thing. Everyone knows where I fall on this. Or if you don't, well, you're about to find out. <laughs> uh, the fact that WWE was unable to go all in with Sasha Banks and be like this is the person we're going to push this is the person that we are going to make a star that we are going to be able to build upon is ridiculous for her to be clearly on a path for Wrestlemania this year that barely involved her on the card that had her from a massive main event moment in 2021 to being relegated to the mid card for the women's titles, for the women's tag team titles and 
what all seems to be like the what were they planning like a a, a three way a, a, a tr- look all of it none of it made sense Sh- Sasha has a history of not getting along with uh, with creative decisions with uh, how things how she's being handled you know why because she probably knows her worth she's probably like you know what anywhere else they'd be tripping over themselves to have someone like me on their roster someone with charisma star power and can go. That has everything. No compromises here. And then teams up with Naomi. Probably the most fortitious thing that happened to Naomi's career. To have ended up with Sasha in a tag team. And both of them reaching a point of discontent. Of of displeasure with the company. Naomi had every reason to even be more frustrated with WWE than Sasha. They haven't done jack shit with her for the past... 36 months. Last time they really did something with her was when she was SmackDown Women's Champion. When was that? And then she has that awesome Royal Rumble entrance. You remember when she's dressed up as uh, 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 um, Bumblebee from the um, from the DC Comics stuff? And everyone's losing their shit. Like, holy... They don't capitalize on it, though. Of course not, because it's not part of the... Oh, she's not written into all of our long-term storytelling. Right? You know? You know that kind of stuff? Two women who decided we had enough. We had enough of sitting around, waiting our turn, uh, hanging out and catering. We're done. We're betting on ourselves. We're going to walk out. We're hitting, the, we're, we're hitting the ramp. So long. Here are your titles. Ciao. And we'll see, we'll see what, what what where the wind takes us. Sasha, she's on TV. She's in the Star Wars franchises. She's doing all sorts of shit. She's on red carpets. Then they end up both doing modeling. You don't think that this was a good year for them? You don't think that this was personally for them? You don't think this did them a world of good? Why would either of them want to come back to World Wrestling Entertainment at this point? Sasha's destiny is seems to be pretty much at least in the short term seems to be pretty much said not quite sure for Naomi but I I I could not applaud this more because especially when it comes to Sasha these are women who knew who know their worth you're like no what you're doing with us is nothing and we've got much more to offer see ya and why wouldn't you be able to walk out? Why would you stay in an environment where you're miserable, where you're at your prime, your your athletic, physical prime, and you're being told, sit down. We got nothing for you. We got nothing for you to do. What is this? Sasha and Naomi walking out of WWE is a is a a testament that there are people who are in this for more than what one person wants but what they want and what they want can often supersede what the company wants and they should be able to go off and explore other circumstances other opportunities they should absolutely be able to so good for them good for them for playing that 
And I'm, ex I'm excited to see what the future holds for both of these women. I'm super excited to see. Naughty, naughty. In the naughty sack now. And we are going to add to our naughty list. Hit Booker Triple H. Papa H. It's in the naughty list. I talked about it a little earlier. Trips, you had an opportunity to, to take everything that Vince did and flip it on its head. You had an opportunity to stick it to AEW and be like, look, we're we're come, we're gonna come and 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 take your fans away. The fans that are into pro wrestling that really like it, that are tuning into your stuff, we're gonna come and take them away. And you you gave us hope, Trips. You you gave us the opportunity to 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 mm, to wet our whistle and rub our hands together and holy shit, bringing back Dakota Kai and bringing up Eo Sky Shirai up to to Maine with Bailey and they're gonna do this thing and you're bringing back all these people and you're like okay, is he what is he rebuilding right now? What's he doing? What's the plan? And all we get is the same thing. Ultimately, what we're getting is the same the same identical program that Vince had fed us for years. But you're changing, you're you're giving it a different coat of paint. You're 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 changing the window dressing, is like I like to what I like to say, right? Yeah, we can talk, we don't have to say sports entertainment anymore. We can say wrestling. Referees have names now. Um, you know, I'm, we're not just pushing the big meatheads, you know, we're taking away the, 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 the dancing weirdos and we're putting in wrestlers that you like, but we're giving you back Kevin Owens, the prize fighter. Look how much you like Sami Zayn and the bloodline. We're going to give him more of a, of a prominent role. All window dressing because the, the, the foundations of it is still the same. The show feels the same. It's promos, it's matches, matches are a little longer. Maybe the quality's up the bit, but there isn't more matches. There's not more wrestling per se. It's the same slog to get through. It's the same inane storylines. You you took you took the 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 gi off of Akira Tozawa to take away the 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 you know the very unfortunate stereotypes. You let him put on his old gear again. Let him bleach his hair blonde again, but he's still doing goofy shit. He's still doing goofy nonsense. So it's the same thing with just another coat of paint. It's not NXT 2.0 anymore. We're bringing back the black and gold. Oh! Oh, but it's... It's just the logo because everything else is the same. It's the same thing. The disappointing part about Triple H right now where he's at in his booking is that everything is the same. Nothing feels really different. The, the, the changes are minute and they've already exhausted their novelty because the core, the foundation, the substance is still the same show. And again, like I talked about it a little earlier, I can understand that he might be playing a little, keeping it close to the chest making sure that uh, um, that he doesn't implement too many big changes to throw off 
the stockholders or or business partners i get it renegotiation so on and so forth but as it stands right now as much as vince mcmahon exiting this company was the best thing to happen in pro wrestling there hasn't been this shakeup. It does not feel different. It just does not. And that's what's that's why head booker Triple H right now is on the naughty list. I hope next year, I sincerely hope next year we can do this again and head booker Triple H will be on the nice list. I really do. I really do. Oh, look at this. It's Matt Ritter of the Smack It Raw podcast. Nice to see you, Matt, and welcome and thank you. I do look nice. I really do. Lucky for everyone who uh, who's watching instead of just listening, right? They're the winners. They're the true winners. On the nice list now. Let's go see who is on the nice list. A little penguin. Joyeux Noël. FTR and the Briscoes. If there is one gift that kept on giving in 2022, it is the series of matches between FTR and the Briscoes. Between Cash, Dax, Jay, and Mark. Just absolutely a gift. You know what I was talking about earlier when we were all sitting around and talking about, you know, how nobody talks about pro wrestling. Everyone likes to complain and bitch about everything around it. As we're sitting here, sitting here a couple of weeks ago, as I'm sitting here, right here, actually, watching this monitor here, looking at FTR Briscoe's dog collar match. I'm looking at that. And I'm freaking out and I go online and people, all their bitches, oh, the Briscoes can't be on TV, they can't be on TBS, what the fuck is Tony going to do? A, we just saw one of the greatest wrestling matches of all time, one of the greatest matches I've ever seen. The, the, the third in a series of matches that is of legend at this point, that in 10 years, when the podcasters like myself start going back and revisiting old AEW Ring of Honor pay-per-views and well, what was going on in 2022. This is going to be talked about with veneration. But all we're doing is going, the Briscoes can't be on TV. What the fuck? Instead of loving every second that we were able to be to bear witness to this, to a run that is incomparable. That is going to be the stuff of legend that you can absolutely put up there with the flare steamboats without without even blinking. Just brilliant stuff. And it's been a while. Since I saw, uh, and it's been a while since I saw just gorgeous, enthralling pro wrestling. Like, 
stories being told in a ring just and and basic stuff just going back down to the roots we don't like each other we just want to beat the hell out of each other we respect each other but we don't like each other we got something to prove alpha males whatever you want to call it and it works with four extremely talented human beings we're going to spend the better part of you know, end of lists, end of year lists, talking about the extraordinary career-defining year that FTR had, but the Briscoes, 20 years plus in this business, pulling out extraordinary matches to this day. This is a narrative that is oftentimes set aside, but can't be ignored. This is what I love about pro wrestling. You throw in, you throw in talented humans who do this, who just do it for the love of pro wrestling, for the love of their legacies and for getting more money, whatever that all of that goes along. It goes hand in hand. You put it all together and you create a series for the ages. That is one of the nicest things on the list this year. But now let's go see what we got in the naughty sack. That's right, I said it again, the naughty sack. Got a lump of coal. Let's see what's on this lump of coal. Oh well, all of this great stuff that we found out about Vince McMahon this year in regards to all of these NDAs that eventually did push him out of the company, right? Uh, all of, uh, and the more recent stuff, just a couple of weeks ago, on top of, on top of the seven NDAs that were discovered, uh, through the Wall Street Journal's investigation, then we, we turn around, we turn around, and then we have, oh, look at this, there's Rita Chatterton, who is lawyering up to take it to Vince, oh, and now there's someone else from another tanning salon, not unlike the one uh, from, from the early 2000s, the Tanzabar Salon. They've got another one from California, 2011, who got, who got assaulted. So on the nice list, we have Vince McMahon. On the nice, uh, on the, uh, uh, we have Vince McMahon hitting the bricks, getting out of pro wrestling. But on the other hand, the human cost is disgusting. There's no way anyone can sit here and, and, and uh, hang on, let me say that again, because there is a way, because people are weird. But anyone with a, with a, with a, with a brain, in, with, a, with a cell in their brain, a single functioning cell in their brain, is able to conceive that Vince McMahon is a creep of the highest order. And if we have like a total of, we have seven NDAs, we have these two extra accusa uh, accusations that came out. These are patterns over 30 to 40 years. And these are only the ones that have been reported. And we're close to 10. How many more are unreported? This guy's a creep. I don't know what there is any... I don't know how anyone can carry any value 
and defend him and stick up for him and chant his name on TV and do all this bullshit. When the... When the weight of what is... When the weight of what he carries, as far as these allegations go, is so heavy and numerous. There's patterns. Again, it's not a question of... It's, it, it, at this point, it's a question of how many more out there that aren't just being reported. That no one's coming forward or have been silenced or whatever. Vince said, allegedly said, in the most recent Wall Street, Street Journal article, that he was given bad advice for stepping away, that he should have waited and these allegations would have blown over. But, and you know what? He's, he was right to think that because for four decades, this has been the situation. These types of allegations, the ring boys, everything that had to do with, with Owen Hart, it all eventually just blew away. At some point, we gotta we gotta stop sitting around and figuring that this is like this is some godly figure that cannot be touched, and that we have to worship for the state of professional wrestling today. And by the way, we absolutely should not. Because the sport of professional wrestling is not in a better place because of Vince McMahon. The WWE is in a better place because of Vince McMahon. And everyone who has profited from him is in a better place because of Vince McMahon. But pro wrestling is not. So whatever I may feel though in regards to his contributions to or non-contributions to, to the evolution of pro wrestling, whatever way we want to talk about it, as a human being, as a figure, as someone of note in the business, this is not something that can be set aside. We can't just be like, oh yeah, he did this one thing. No, 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 no. There is a pattern. There are multiple circumstances in which this was an actual thing. And we can only assume there's more. And I think it is a fair assumption to say whatever Vince has, whatever's been exposed now is just, uh, is just, is only covering much more lying beneath. So, there you go. Let's go on to the nice sack. What do we got here? Oh, an envelope. And another Santa Claus. Which will contain New Japan Pro Wrestling. Feels like New Japan Pro Wrestling again. Whee! Well, I'm happy. Because New Japan, look, pandemic New Japan was a rough time. It was a difficult time for a lot, for a lot of Japanese pro wrestling fans, for New Japan fans. It was a tough one. 
but we pulled through. <laughs> but the the empty arenas and the half empty arenas and the clap crowds and all very exhausting and added levels that were difficult to watch the show. Now the audiences are back. And more and more, you know, the regulations in Japan are so weird. They're still very, they're being very protective of what you can, what you can scream and shout and chant in arenas. Look, I'm, we're not going to get into that right now, but more and more, it's opening up. We're getting back to crowds being able to react and react live to wrestlers. Wrestlers feed off of that. Don't let anyone ever tell you the opposite. Crowd reactions, they're good for wrestlers. That's what they feed off of. And it adds that spark to what they're doing every single time. And you can tell with the crowd noise being able to see, see as the crowd noise seeped its way back into, uh, into the venues, so did the, uh, so did the, 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 the work, the work rate of the wrestlers improve. Um, and a lot of the booking this year felt different. It felt fresh. It felt fun. I thought the New Japan Cup this year was a blast. I enjoyed the G1, even if I, you know, I still think we're not hitting levels of G1 awesomeness that once were. I still enjoyed the tournament. I thought the Super Juniors, uh, best of Super Juniors was great. I thought the Super Junior Tag League had some fantastic moments in it. And then some different little specks of booking that are appearing here and there where they're, we're, we're getting some of the graduated young lions, we're putting them into some uh, into some, some, some significant spots. We've got Ren Narita, who's going to, who's this close to winning the, the brand new New Japan World Television title at Wrestle Kingdom. It's going to be his first big Wrestle Kingdom singles match title defense title uh, not defense but to win a title against Zack Sabre Jr. you got Shota Umino who's going to be featured prominently again at Wrestle Kingdom this year he's going to be in the in the um, in Kaijimuto's final trios match in New Japan there's all sorts of so putting over the new guys because the, the old guys are getting older and they're they're getting more and more broken so this is where we're at i feel like we're in a transitional period for new japan that in one on one hand feels more and more like it should i don't think we're quite quite there yet and at the same time we're we're heading down a new direction we're, we're clearly going to be trying out new things moving forward and that I get excited about because you can only rely on Tanahashi and Naito for so long you're going to need the new guys in there at some point you're going to need some new fresh faces so the fact that this year I don't want to put a bummer on it but the fact this year that New Japan started to pick up steam again and it felt good, had some extraordinary shows. One of my favorite shows this year was the Battle Autumn show. I thought it was outstanding. It's not a perfect promotion, don't get me wrong. It's still my favorite promotion. It's not perfect. 
Still got that Carl Anderson nonsense that's that's going on. And Bronson Reed, for some reason, getting a win over Okada when he's not even signed in a contract. It's like, what? 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 What, what, what is this? But it's better. And it's feeling more like itself. Over to the naughty side again. Let's crack this baby open. Ronda Rousey. Um, Ronda Rousey is a, uh, she is a, um, <laughs> there's a lot of things. Um, she's terrible. She is terrible at pro wrestling. Whoever got her into pro wrestling a few years ago and had her doing these energetic matches and where everyone was like, wow, she's picking this up this quickly is no longer around and she has slipped and I hear more and more people saying, oh yeah, she's regressing and people who are more versed than I am in pro wrestling, people who actually do it, so I'm like, okay, I'll believe you. She has no star power. Whatever star power WWE thinks she still has is in the brains of people working for WWE. I don't know. I think she's terrible. And she has nothing of value for the roster. She's terrible. She drags the women down with her. She has no charisma. She's, she's sloppy, imprecise, and yet... Highly featured women's champion. I get like maybe you know. I promise you, there would have been a time in pro wrestling where a champion like this would have been cut, like hit the drop the title. You're going back to the, you're you're going back to opening shows, but business isn't the same. She probably has it in her contract that she's got to be women's champion for a while and and probably in the minds of fans the big match is Becky Lynch versus Ronda Rousey which I still think is something that uh, people want to see and is going to be a payoff but in the meantime we have to suffer through just absolutely shit booking and shit matches by a terrible pro wrestler let's go to the nice side I'm going to try and speed this up a little bit Get this little card open and stardom, the promotion over in Japan, the stardom. Uh, look, listen, uh, 2022 was an exceptionally cru uh, big year for, for stardom, uh, big year of operations post pandemic. Uh, in Japan under uh, Bushiroad ownership has led them to being uh, you know, objectively, the second biggest wrestling promotion in Japan. The gates that they've been pulling uh, for the past uh, for the past year have been, um, well, at least in 2022, is what I'm trying to say, uh, have uh, are only dwarfed by New Japan. So no, not even Noah, not not uh, not DDT, no one else, no one else draws uh, draws as many people to a building than Stardom. Um, there is more and more 
visibility for stardom in North America as well. Lots of stuff. Uh, lots of opportunities for the for the women uh, to shine. Of course, you know the streaming service helps. Bushi Road getting behind it and get, trying to initiate that push moving forward as well is crucial. And the um, and 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 even on top of that, the the uh, the creation of the uh, of the IWGP Women's Championship is another way for stardom to get its foothold into North America using New Japan to introduce the stardom talent to a North American audience. There's been growth everywhere, successful growth. I'm very excited to see Bushi Road's numbers next year uh, when, um, when, they, uh, when, we, when they break down the financials for 2022 because I'm convinced that stardom is having a banner year financially. It's having a banner year as far as attention and hype carried by excellent matches, carried by their current top champion, Shuri, number one uh, women on the PWI's top 150 list. So all of these things coming together are creating extreme amounts of interest and buzz that haven't been around for stardom in a long, long time. I'm excited to see and like get some real data, but as far as my gut goes and what I can observe right now, Things are going fantastically for stardom. And I can only hope it continues. That was a big, nice thing for 2022. And as far as a, a naughty thing for 2022. The NWA. Ah, Billy Corgan and his 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 troop of, of wrestling uh, savants. From uninspired pay-per-view setups to main events that no one wants to see to discourse around the lack of of proper of a proper talent pool of women's wrestling, everything has been a miss for the NWA in 2022. And I can't even begin to tell you how much of a I can't even begin to tell you uh how all of its all the facets of its of its business are clearly suffering not even being you know the NWA still has its own streaming thing on fight as opposed to being a part of the 499 deal that uh that fight has uh for all of the other like GCW and AIW and so on and so forth the NWA has just been a complete disaster this year. And you can tell Billy Corgan being extremely hands-on with it, being involved on very different levels, has not been beneficial for the company. Now, there, there have been some bright spots. Colby Carino being one of them, but Colby Carino, from what's being reported, he's going to be uh, heading out to the Performance Center soon. And, and quite frankly, you know, d despite whatever you might think of his politics, Tyrus is a bad champion. He's just terrible. There's nothing exciting, nothing that happens in NWA that is, is, is something other, that, that generates anything other than ridicule. 
Scorn, even. Billy seems to be creating a product for people that is not me and is not the wrestling fan in general. I don't know what niche he's trying to reach out to. I kind of do. I'm just trying to be stupid a little bit here. With what with Tyrus, Fox News personality Tyrus, walking around with his belt on his Fox News show. Um, it's clearly an audience that he's banking on an audience that pines for this kind of nostalgia that the NWA can clearly generate and clearly generates for a lot of people but in a very embarrassing way these days. So no, not a good year. But on the nice list though, if we move over here, we can talk about the fact that talent can work anywhere they want. And we've seen this happen multiple times this year. This is what this is where I this is where I I realize I have a tremendous disconnect with the majority of fans uh, online who decide to uh, who decide to uh, uh, who, who who decide to create a line between you know WWE and AEW and like one of them has to fail. I don't understand this because the first the first people who benefit from having competitive uh, um, uh, wrestling comp uh, companies at all, in, in a healthy competition with each other on a main stage level making gobs of money the first people who benefit from that are the talent are the talent on screen wrestler talent they are the first to benefit from it and they have been they've been using their leverage they've been leveraging the companies against each other AEW and TA and, and WWE against each other. And in ways that surprised them. Who would have thought Cody Rhodes would be leaving AEW? Let's put, on top of that, imagine 2022, right? Imagine 2022 and this being like the absolute, like Cody Rhodes leaving AEW ain't even the biggest story of the year anymore who would have thought it right who would have thunk it but Cody Cody did exactly that and a whole bunch of people Cody Rhodes William Regal doing the back and forth actually Claudio Athena Soraya Sasha Banks Everyone that, you know, that Triple H was able to keep from heading over to, 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 to AEW, right? And to New Japan, working everywhere. Isn't this great? This is what it's supposed to be. This is what pro wrestling should feel like. Your talent, your wrestlers that you like, moving from territory to territory, going from right and left, trying to work in the territory here, then at some point, all right, I'm done, and moving on to the next one, trying that out there. That's what, 
it's beneficial for talent. It's good for talent to do it. And the benefactors, the people, and then after, if talent are happy and are able to hone their craft wherever they want, then who benefits? Wrestling fans. It's just as simple as that. And this year has been a banner year. For the, Sure, there's been, you know, there's been, oh, AEW, you know, so-and-so jumped to AEW. That, that's happened over the past couple of years. But now we're actually seeing, we're, we're going both ways now. We're going, there, people from other companies going to WWE. And people from WWE going to other companies. And it's, it's so good. It's good that people have these opportunities. It's good that the talent that you are invested in have the opportunity to hedge their bets and go work somewhere else for more money, for better, um, for more money, for uh, uh, better conditions, for whatever reason. It's just great. I, I don't understand anyone who's against it. I don't understand anyone who hates this. Anyone who wants uh, this, who wants promotion, who wants a promotion to fail. I'm sorry, I, I just can't understand it. I can't get behind it. I just can't get behind it. Let's take a look at another piece of coal. Some people call it the brawl out. Some people call it the all out presser. I call it the gripe bomb. <laughs> Actually, shout out to Suit Williams. <laughs> Came up with that. And I was like, ah, man, I'm using this moving forward. The gripe bomb. The event that derailed and also explained to a certain degree the absolutely weird ass 2022 that AEW had as far as its creative and booking and so on and so forth. What CM Punk ended up doing that night was completely throwing to the wind everything that has that had been built off of his contributions, his return to that point. Now, I want to make sure that we're clear on something. I have no sides. I have no pony in this race. I don't care if CM Punk is the bad guy, if the elite are the bad guys. I don't care. I really don't. And there's too much hearsay, too much he said, she said, in this circumstance for me to, 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 to have any kind of firm positioning here. All I know is that this behavior from CM Punk is not new. It's, it's, it's not something that is out of the ordinary. Now, I'm a little disappointed because I really thought seeing how he was acting and how he was presenting himself and how much energy he had on AEW since his return in August of 2021. I really thought the man had changed. But it would appear that you 
just can't get rid of some of the some of the stuff that Phil Brooks carries with him. You just can't. The elite, look, I don't know. There's a they were allowed. They were able to get a lot of their narrative out into the into the wilderness. They were able to make sure that a lot of people were got on their side. But how you know were they just being ultra protective of their company, of what they had set off to build with Cody and Tony Khan, and then CM Punk arrives with his ways of doing things. I don't know. Look, this is going to be a. This is the modern day. This is the modern day uh, uh, Montreal screw job. We're going to be talking about this for, for, for years at this point. There's going to be references to this in five, six, seven years from now. People eating muffins at press conferences and stuff like that. It was not a shining moment for AEW. And it was absolutely a growing pain. A growing pain that was, that ended up boiling over into the public sphere in a way that I don't think anyone was expecting. We all knew something was up. We all knew something was going on between MJF taking a break, between uh, CM Punk and, and, and Hangman Page having, you know, having shoot comments at each other during promos with... What the fuck is going on? And it created this vibe, this really weird vibe around AEW, which is undeniable. Post forbidden door moving forward. Are you kidding me? There was something off about, about the company and you just couldn't quite put your, your finger on it. The match quality was there, but... All Out was not a great show this year. It was fine. But it was clearly, it was clearly one the it was clearly the AEW's least foot forward. Worst foot forward. Why didn't I say least? Worst foot forward. I think the most disappointing outcome of the gripe bomb is that egos all around prevented these men from sitting the sitting down, parking their asses around a table, and coming to an understanding. To get out there and make money together. And make gobs and gobs of cash. And keep making this promotion rise. Because CM Punk was the draw. You can argue right now. AEW lost its top drawing attraction. As far as we know, right? Nothing's happened yet. But I think ultimate, this is the saddest part of it all. Pro wrestlers, guys who have hustled for years on the independents, working for, doing their best to make money and then finally like coming together to create something, to make something happen, to 
position themselves better than they ever have before, create new opportunities for themselves and their friends and people that they like and people that will help carry them moving forward. They all seem to have lost the plot here. And we're unable to find any kind of common ground. And I think that stinks. And I think how it all was handled stinks. Everyone came out looking worse. Again, like I said, I got, I've got no pony in this race. Tony Khan looked like a goof, being unable to control his wrestlers. CM Punk just gave, went, you know, full, uh, um, just went uh, full mask off. I was like, oh, giving his detractors all the proof. Everyone going, there? See? See what we've been telling y'all? Right there? The elite coming across as a, as maybe, you know, uncompromising this was not a, it was not a good look and definitely deserving to be on the naughty list this year got one more of each and on the nice list we have Forbidden Door. I don't know what really to say. For, Forbidden Door ruled. What a fantastic pay-per-view. And that, my friends, is what a working partnership looks like. I love it. I love, 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 love. When WWE fans see... Uh, uh, Shinsuke Nakamura showing up in Noah and is like, oh, working partnership with Noah. And I'm like, that's not... Sending a guy over is not necessarily a working partnership. Forbidden Door is the proof of a working partnership. That pay-per-view was great from top to bottom. It did great business. And it, again, brought back one of the great things of pro wrestling. Cross-promotionals. Working with other promotions... To create great events, dream events for, for pro wrestlers and for fans, for everyone to enjoy. It had its fair share of, of, of nonsense on the way, injuries, so on and so forth. But the end result, a fantastic pay-per-view. And our last lump of coal from the naughty list is... Pro Wrestling Illustrators Tag Team 100 number one selection because it wasn't FTR. The Usos. I'm in, I'm in good with PWI and I, you know, I love the women's list. Proud of the women's list I worked on this year. That was a highlight again for me this year. I, no, no, no bones about it. But the number one tag team on Pro Wrestling Illustrated's Tag Team 100 was not FTR, and that was a mistake. 
mistake. A career-defining, legacy-establishing, worldwide, multi-championship reigns, multi-championship reigns, a career, a legacy-defining year for FTR. And you're gonna you're gonna go with the with the Usos who have lost more matches than they have won this anyway. We're not gonna get into that right now. I love my friends at PWI. Kevin, I love you. You know this. <laughs> Kevin's a great editor in chief. I wasn't on the committee. I had nothing to do with it. And then I learned. Oh, it's a, it's a mistake. It's a grave mistake. A grave mistake. <laughs> well, ladies and gentlemen, that was the naughty and nice list of 2022. But more importantly, no, not more importantly. That's not true. It's equally as important. That's it. it, it, it it's not more important. Just as importantly, that is the end of the weekly wrestling inspection. Hey, you know what? We're going to wrap this up tonight. Listen, folks, thank you for, uh, for, 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 uh, for listening this week. Uh, Christmas is on the, is on the way. Thank you very much. Listen, if you haven't already, if you're listening to this on YouTube, leave a like on the video. Subscribe if this is your first time here. Uh, I, you know, that'd be great if you hung around some more. I'll be back on Thursday with my Dynamite review, so that's exciting. You don't want to miss that, so subscribe. Uh, uh, follow uh, and subscribe also on your favorite podcast app. A five-star review on Apple Podcasts. A five-star rating on Spotify. Those things help out a great deal. But on top of it all, on top of everything, I hope you enjoyed it tonight. Hope you enjoyed everything we put together here uh, tonight. But most importantly, I hope you all have a safe but very merry Christmas. I really do. I'll be back next Tuesday to do this. So we'll we'll be able to wish ourselves a happy new year at that point. But I hope everyone has a wonderful Christmas. If you're traveling, please be safe. Please take, take good care of yourself. If you're going to hang out with family, with friends, with loved ones, Hug them. Tell them how much you appreciate them. Who cares about gifts? It's all about the love. And and if you're and if you're struggling, you're having a rough time. I do have some contacts at the bottom of the uh, at the bottom of the video and in the description that you can reach out to if you need some help. And my DMs are always open as well. But in the meantime, folks, I hope you have a great rest of your week. And again, I hope you have a great Christmas. Enjoy it. Celebrate. That's not the right music. Enjoy it. Celebrate. <laughs> and I'll see you next time. 